Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. My new favorite Cub is Bryce Ball. Hey, Jed Hoyer, congratulations. Jock Peterson for the 12th or 15th or 10th, depending on the rankings. Braves prospect, Bryce Ball. Sure, he's got massive power, quote, huge exit velocities. But according to ESPN's Kylan McDaniel, he's also has some contact problems. But hey, we're familiar with that. We've got a lot of guys with contact issues, and good job, I guess, by the Braves. Too. This dude was a 24th-round pick in 2019, so you turned him into a deadline acquisition in 2021. That's not a bad job by the Braves scouting system right there. Love to see the Cubs uh, do something like that a couple of years from now, and hopefully, again, they're contending. Jock Peterson, we hardly knew ye. 11 homers, 73 games in Wrigley Field. I always... And I just had Jock on, and he was fine. It was a professional interview, I would call it. Jock was not going to say much and said he wanted to stick around and all that type of thing. Uh, But I was hearing some at least really quiet whispers that perhaps not the best clubhouse guy. You don't really see that, though, on the field. So you never know what's true there. But bottom line, this is the start seemingly, to what the Cubs are going to be doing. And I keep on hearing Chris Bryant's name out there, so just starting to feel more and more like he's going to be dealt along with Craig Kimbrell. Uh, But Jock Peterson was the first to go. Jordan Burnfield coming up on the pod. Brian Beto off this week. He's moving. Longest move in the history of moving. Uh, Beto, I think, will be back in two weeks. So I look forward to the B-Dog getting back on. So it's just me and Jordan today, and we actually talked before the Cubs made this deal, but the conversation is extremely relevant because Jordan is trying to talk himself into the Cubs getting something major for Chris Bryant, which I do my very best to brace Jordan for what's coming and brace Cub fans. But hey, it's possible that I'll be wrong. I would not have thought that they would have gotten the 10th, 12th, 15th best prospect, even for a guy with contact issues in Bryce Ball. Maybe the Cubs see something that they can do. Maybe he's the the future first baseman, Bryce Ball. Traded for Jock Peterson in one of the greatest trades in the history of Cub baseball. Maybe this will be the Kyle Hendricks for 
Ryan Dempster deal when they traded Demp to the Rangers. And I'm like, wow, somebody just gave up a player for Demp at that point in his career. That was a win. And it turned out to be, you know, Cy Young caliber pitcher in Kyle Hendricks. Maybe that'll be Bryce Ball. Either way, if it's not, doesn't matter. I'm not going to miss Jock Peterson. Thank you for your time and uh, good luck in Atlanta. The Windy City Podcast with Jordan Burnfield starts right now but first we are brought to you today they're back that's right manscape summer is here are you ready to unveil that beach bod i know you are you look good you're also in luck by the way our friends at manscape they're launching their fourth generation performance package you get the lawnmower 4.0 you heard that right the 4.0 and you can complement your summer look with a trim from the leaders in male grooming sun shining and calling your name, sir, join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer. Go to manscaped.com. You get 20% off. You get free shipping. Put in that code FANSIDED20. FANSIDED20. The Lawnmower 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0. It's awesome. The trimmer's insane. And yes, some would call it, including yours truly, the GOAT, Michael Jeffrey Jordan of all ball tremors. All right, the Windy City Podcast with Jordan Burfield starts right now. Showtime. Jordan, do you remember the door song, The End? Off the top of my head, I don't, but I probably know it if I listen to it. It starts like this. This is the end. Beautiful friend, the end. My only friend, the end of our elaborate plans, the end of everything that stands, the end, no safety or surprise, the end. I'm starting to mess up the song. That's what it feels like to me. This is the end, the Cubs end, my friend. Yeah, it definitely feels like that, doesn't it? I'm watching all these interviews. I mean, Joe Buck didn't beat around the bush. He He's talking to Chris Bryant in left field, and the first question is, I know that you're tired of being asked about it, but you know, how do you feel about the possibility of being traded? What do you think about this being the end? <laughs> By the way, the fact that the Doors had a song called The End, given how things ended for them, is really kind of creepy. Um but yeah, I, I just, of all the things regarding the end with the Cubs, I think the, mar- the, the part that is most sad for me is trading Chris Bryant. If they trade Chris Bryant, I think as a sports fan in my 30s, I don't attach to players the way I did when I was a kid. That's good. I'm going to be sad when Chris Bryant is traded. That's a good question. Like what support system should we build in for you and other Cub fans when the news comes down? I mean, maybe there's nothing we can do. Maybe we should just be in our own corner of Cubs fan sadness. Uh, By the way, Chris Bryant's comments, as far as this being the end, quote, I don't think like that at all. This is about him being traded, but it could happen. I could be here for two days, two months, two years, 10 years. It's all up in the air. It's just always going to come up. It's been coming up for a while now. This is from Patrick Mooney's 
piece in the uh, Athletic, always doing a good job. It's been coming up for a while now. There's Hope Burnfield, right? So I just don't focus on it. But whatever happens, happens. I don't know if it will happen. If it does happen, whatever team I go to is going to get a guy that's going to go out there and give it all he's got. This is the end. And play wherever they need me to play and be a good person, good teammate, and then go out there and play baseball. That's all I can do. Chris Bryant's like has to sell his resume at this point, which is just ridiculous. I think though that what the most sad part to me is that I mean, there are so many things. One, Chris Bryant has been a great player his entire career with the Cubs. Last year, obviously, was a struggle, but he was hurt, and they played a short season. Whenever he's been healthy, he's not only been good, he's been an elite-level player since they brought him up in 2015. Two, he is one of the most versatile, great players I can even think of in baseball. You know, like, think about how many players are as elite offensively as he is and, oh, by the way, can play six positions basically interchangeably at any time and not make you lose anything defensively. Three, he is, by all accounts, and you and I have both gotten to meet him several times, he is the nicest dude. Like, there's nothing you can pick apart with his personality there's nothing you can pick apart like, oh, well, he did this or he did that. I mean, like, he is the dream person to represent your favorite team because unless there's something shocking I don't know about, he is like the most wholesome, nice guy. And so, and, and then lastly, when you trade a player of his ability combined with his versatility and all the other things, you're never replacing it. Like, they're not going to find another player who is on his level and will be able to play as many positions as he does. Like, there's no one out there that I can think of that fits what Chris Bryant does. So everything about this is a festival of suck. (laughs) They would have to trade him. And if they do... The only thing that, honestly, the only thing that will bring solace to me as a fan is if they get such good value that five years from now we go, you know what? It's stunk that we traded Bryant, but man, did we get some good players from him. That's the well, only way. Well, of course, uh, it would be sweet if down the line you ended up with the next Chris Bryant because that's basically what you're trying to trade for, for the record. By the way, the gentleman in the U Darvis trade, Reginald Preciado, Ismael Mena, Yizen Santana, and Owen Cassie. Do you know those names yet, Jordan? Because I certainly don't, but I have them well, right I, here. For I you. remember the names from the trade. Do you really? I, that, that's yes. impressive. Uh, apparently, I'm no Beto, but I'm close. Well, Preciado and Cassie apparently are starting to open up some eyes here, according to. Again, Patrick Mooney, they've got 1,000 plus OPSs at the Arizona Complex League. They are, uh, Preciado's got a batting average around 400. He's got four extra base hits in 11 games. So maybe this Jed Hoyer is just this brilliant. Okay, you won't give us your top prospects. That's fine. We'll just analyze your 17-year-olds and figure out who the best of those are. And we'll go for high-end dudes and I'll hit a home run. Uh, Jed Hoyer, by the way. 
Let's just listen to Jed Hoyer. Please read between these lines for me. My job is to make the best possible decision for the Cubs. Sometimes it's about the present. Sometimes that decision is about the future. Sometimes it rains. That really is how I view it. I'm the chief baseball decision maker, and every decision I make should be through the lens of what's the best thing for this franchise. I can't concern myself with what what makes people mad. I can't concern myself with those perceptions. I don't give a shit what Jordan Burnfield and or Mark Harmon or the absent Brian Beetle think because the important thing for me, damn it, to do my job well for the franchise and for the Ricketts family, hashtag the Ricketts family, is to make decisions that are pure based on what is the single best thing we can do for the organization. Honestly, I walk into Chipotle, or let's make it even, yeah, Chipotle's good. And I got to make the best decision for me. Am I going burrito bowl? Am I going straight burrito? Am I going taco? And if I go into an actual restaurant with more options, many times I ask the waitress, waiter, what's the most popular thing on the menu? What's the best thing? I have no idea what to do. And I've been to many restaurants in my life. So I guess my point is that it's it's not as easy to bottom line what necessarily is the best thing for the Cubs right now. You've got Chris Bryan here. Maybe he'll stay. Maybe he won't. Certainly sounds like he'd stay if you made him a fair offer. So what is the best decision? Is the best decision to trade him or is the best decision to not trade him? Just to say that you make the best decisions, um, you know, it's, 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 not, it's a little uh, easier said than done, right? Well, the best decision is to trade him if they get huge value for him. But the you don't know. Is, right. The problem that they have, which we've discussed, is that most of their assets that would have been pieces that in theory you would have wanted to keep, right? But now you would may want to trade because the season has bottomed out. They're depreciating. There's no value for Javi Baez. What are you giving up for Javi Baez right now? Honestly, if, you know, all these people are saying, well, hey, the White Sox could use a second baseman. White Sox aren't giving you anything big. Nick Madrigal is coming back next year. You're going to give up a big piece to the Cubs, to the Cubs of all teams, so that, well, that you can have three months of Javi Baez when, I mean, I'm not saying that Danny Mendick is the greatest player in the world, but he's fine. You've got guys that can play second base adequately for the rest of the season. You're not giving up something big to get Javi Baez. And I can't think of what team in baseball, given the up and down nature of Baez, and you know I love Baez for all the things he does, but he's not, he's a flawed player, okay? I don't see, so... If you can't get big value for him and you may not get big value for Wilson Contreras, and I don't even know if they want to trade Wilson Contreras, but I would at least listen to offers because even though he is one of the better catchers in the league, which does not have a lot of great offensive players, you know, he's not, he's definitely a flawed player as well. I don't know where you're getting this value. I mean, fans always say like, we got to trade everyone and bottom out and get to the, I, I, I think, the reason why Chris Bryant is discussed so heavily in this context is because he's still great and he might get you something good. And the, other than him, the only two guys that I could honestly say right now that I think could net the Cubs good value are Craig Kimbrell and Andrew Chafin. That's it. I mean, you're not trading Rizzo. He doesn't have value. He's 32. He's got a bad back. He's not even having a good year. Okay. 
You're so right, but but what you, are, what are you getting? Yes, you trade Hendricks. Well, okay, that's that's correct in theory, but if we're talking about like one-off trades, listen, and most times, of course, it's not going to work. But they did trade a sinking anchor that was Ryan Dempster, and they got Kyle Dam Hendricks. Like those. Right. I mean, it can happen. So, like, when you're t- – like, as far as I'm concerned with Rizzo, you take a swing on someone. If it works, it does great. If it doesn't, okay. Uh, you know, I, I I have no problem with them trying to make what could be a great trade that doesn't work out. You brought up Contreras, but – and you also making me think, if you're the White Sox, what does a package look like? We'll take Contreras and Baez from the Cubs. What, do you, what are you willing to give back? Um, or – and, and throw in Craig Kimbrell, too. Let's just go straight biggest blockbuster Cubs Sox trade of all time. Forget about Jose Quintana for Aloy Jimenez and uh, Dylan Cease. And Dylan Cease and Fleety and whoever else was in that deal. Matt Karchner uh, for John Garland. Yeah, forget about Karchner for Garland. Forget about Sosa for Bell. Let's just yeah. go biggest trade of all time. Baez, Contreras, and Kimbrell. For, are you willing to give up Nick Madrigal? Can you, will you just give us Madrigal back for those three, please? We're so desperate. That's the thing though. One, that wouldn't fit with the Cubs. Two, I think that the only, the guy that I think the Cubs would want in any trade with the White Sox is a guy that they probably can't get. And that would be somebody like Kopech, right? Who is back from surgery, high upside, throws gas, I think that anybody would want him, but I would be, if I were a White Sox fan and they traded Kopech to get something that I don't need that much, I'd be incensed, especially. And if I'm a White Sox fan, I'd be especially incensed to give it to the Cubs. I don't even know. Honestly, I don't know if the Sox would trade Kopech for Baez and Bryant because they would probably look at it like they can't afford to sign either of them. And why would we give up Kopech? who's under team control, even for those two, they might not do that. You well, might not be. Mean, yeah, that's, that would be crazy, but I get it. I get what you're saying, but the, I'm not sure they would do it. Willing. You'd have to be willing at that point. Why Take would it's White Sox fans who listen to the Windy City podcast on the Cubs side. I would love your thoughts on that. Would you trade Kopech for Baez and Bryant? Not only would the Cubs have to get Kopech in a deal like that, you'd have to get probably three more prospects. If you're trading them both, you're you're getting. They're you know, not, I'm not. I'm not an expert on the White Sox system currently, but you'd have to get. To me, if you're trading Bryant, let's just want, talk about it from this per, this perspective. Yeah. If you're if you're the Cubs and you're trading Bryant, you want two top fifty prospects, or you want a top fifty and a guy like a Kopech who's like wouldn't be considered that because he's in the majors, but major upside player. Right. Like that's, that's what, what you, that, you have to get that. I, I think if you're trading Chris Bryant, you keep saying you that have you have to get that. You keep saying you have to get that, but what's their leverage? Then I mean, they may not have the leverage, but the point is we get a compensatory pick. That's our leverage. Right. So if I'm the Cubs, I'm not trading him just to trade him to be clear. If the best they can do is the compensatory pick, then that's what you do. And you try to resign him. But you have to at least try to get that because that has to be the starting point for a player of his caliber. 
I feel like talking to you right now. And by the way, you're married and, and you have a Matilda who's doing great. And I think, what did she roll over this week? What was the breaking news? She's, she's been rolling over a lot lately. It's been, it's been big stuff. She's now a mobile kid. And it's uh, that we're going to basically have to bubble wrap the entire house at some point soon. Right. Well, okay. But we haven't gotten there yet, but we're going to have to do that at some point soon. Uh, I, like I once, get... she, once she gets into the crawling stage, which I think is still a few months off. But once once we get there, it's going to be full blown bubble wrap the house. Right, right, I, and I get it because uh, uh, being being the parent of Poppy the dog, uh, I've been yelled at many times that you can't let your cat. I got to watch her all the time. I'm like well, she's an animal. Who cares? She's on the couch. What's the difference? She's gonna. She we're not we're not holding no couch for life. But if she's she wants the couch, there's cords. There's this. If she eats it, she'll die. Yeah, she might. She might. <laughs> But I can't watch the dog 24 seven, a little bit more different with a Matilda different, than the, different with a kid. Yes. Yeah. But so, uh, but I, I get it. Good luck with the bubble wrap. My point in bringing this up uh, was that you sound to me like the guy in college and or high school, or maybe even um, at any point really doesn't matter who is being broken up with. And you're trying to fight for like some rationale on how you can save the relationship when there is no way she, she is already sleeping with somebody else. It's over. You're done. She hates you. That's not exactly the same thing with the Cubs, but they're, 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 you're, I wouldn't say this is a completely true analogy here, but what I would say <laughs> is that there is, you're screaming about value. They're 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 not getting they're, they're, they're They'll well, be lucky I, to get I, value. I think that Bryant does have legitimate value to a team in the race because he's a tremendous offensive player can play all over the field. And you're, I think you're going to be willing to give something up for that. I do. I do. I I think, listen, look at what the Cubs did in 2016. They knew they were giving up a star in Glaber Torres, but they also knew that they needed to roll to Chapman to win the world series. And I think that there are going to be teams willing to make that move knowing that that's what it's going to take to get them over the hump. Huge There's diff- going to be a team. Huge difference in value, though. Gleyber Torres, sure, he doesn't have the career of Chris Bryant, but under team control, potential star Chris Bryant. He's a free agent in two months. You, have no, you have no idea what he's going to do. Right. And, well, and, the hope, obviously, would be that, that you could re-sign him or that you – are able to win and you let the chips fall where they may Jordan Jordan I'm back into you and the relationship of you getting dumped and me by the way and everybody else out there at 23 you're not getting much for him you're I, like, I think that he has they, a chance Listen, I don't want to trade him if I'm being completely clear I don't want them to trade him right because they're never going to replace him you but and uh, he's he is to get pennies on the dollar would be a huge huge mistake but that's I'm just saying in theory if they're able to get two top 50s, then in that scenario, you have to do it. Because you tell Chris, listen, we love you. You've been wonderful. We will try to resign you. But this is what we have to do for the Cubs. Going back to your quote from Jed Hoyer, if he's looking at this in the prism of what is best for the Chicago Cubs, that could be what is best for them. Realistically, I think the guys that have the best chance of netting you something, like I said, are Kimbrell and Chafin because everybody needs relievers. Even if they're free agents at the end of the year, it doesn't matter because they're, the 
trade would have would cost you less. I think for Kimbrel, you could probably get one top 50 prospect. So, so we're recording on Zoom, and I'm looking at Jordan right now, and I feel like I'm looking at a crack addict. I mean, you look good. It's a very nice shirt, but I, I cannot. Just I mean, I'm fresh and clean for you. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I, I can't talk you out of this. Look, they traded you, Darvish. He was a runner-up in the Cy Young. He had three years of pretty reasonable cost control. They got bupkis. Yeah, but they, why did they get Bupkis? Because there's 68 million reasons no, why they got Bupkis. But it's not a lot Bupkis. of money. 68. Right, but, but it was because the Ricketts cheaped out. Because but, they but, were in a pandemic, and they decided that the 68 million was worth more than him being on the team. But that's for the Ricketts. Again, crack addict here. Like, it's not, it's not a lot for another team. It's good value. You're getting you, Darvish, at under market value. He just finished second in the Cy Young Award. He throws 7,000 pitches. We're, you know, can we? Can I'm not we, defending that trade. I didn't like the trade. I know, I think but, that but I but, think that they did it for money. That's right, but, why but, they did it. But and I think s- in this scenario, it's a little different because they're making money again. And I think they don't want, I think they'd like to make some trades to get cheaper and younger because they want to recoup their money before reinvesting in the team. I have said this multiple times. I do think that the narrative that they're cheap is sort of a half truth. I think it's a half truth because I think that they're willing to spend when they think it's worth it. They spent on Lester. They spent on Hayward. They spent on Zobrist. They've spent on guys when they think it matters. I think they think currently that this team is a sinking ship. So spending, like they could spend maybe on Bryant or maybe on Baez or maybe on Rizzo, but they're not going to spend on all of them because they know that this core is not going anywhere in the future. So to spend $300 million on them is not a prudent investment. So I think that it's either that they're going to try to re-sign Chris Bryant for something that's going to cost them $200 million, which means that they're probably not going to keep Baez or, or Rizzo, or unless they keep Rizzo on a cheap deal because he plays himself out of any major value, or they're going to trade as much as they can. And if they can't, I think it's going to be a tough sell for their fan base that they've got four sandwich picks next year. No no offense to the fan base, but Jed Hoyer is obviously acting correctly, not worried, quote-unquote, about the fan base. Let me rewind back to the Ricketts family being cheap. That obviously is not true. They've made major investment in the ballpark and around the ballpark and have spent on players, but they've gotten very myopic around the pandemic. And they're not looking at their asset like it's a forever asset. They're looking at their asset in its current state and bills coming due and all that, which nobody wants to hear. But again, I'm going back to uh, your crack addictness here. <laughs> they're, 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 they have no, they have minimal leverage. Perhaps there's going to be, I mean, you're, the only way that they're going to get value, the, what you're talking about, I, I would bet enormous amounts of dough here. The two top 50s, no chance. The only way that's happening is if they create a bidding war between teams for Chris Bryant, and I just can't imagine that happening. I'm not but saying they might. I'm just saying there are teams that are in the race that might you, decide they're a Chris Bryant away from have, winning. That's okay. the only way you create leverage is that right. you convince teams that you need this guy to win. But right, you're, but you're not going to 
convince teams? Have you heard, like, have we heard, just reading the tea leaves here, and it's July the 15th, so there's 15 days left, but have you heard any news? The Mets really want Chris Bryant. The, the Giants are interested, too. The Dodgers, we haven't heard any of that. Haven't heard a peep. No, I mean, no, I, I know, but I don't think I've heard really any names discussed nationally in terms of this trade deadline of you other than the idea that the Cubs are going to be sellers and try to move guys. I don't think that I've heard uh, any names nationally in terms which, of this player has to be, or right. this player is likely to be moved or that player is likely to be moved. Which, which is why I think the trade market is everyone's saying that it's a seller's market. I highly doubt it. I'll believe it when I see it. Baseball has shifted massively and, this guy's under cost control. This dude's not. And the Cubs, any of their trade targets here, they, they don't. Even Kimbrell, Chafin. So, I, listen, I do, I do trust, because he hasn't proved me wrong yet, that Jed will make the best deal possible, like the Darvish deal, which wasn't popular at the time. I supported it. I still support it. Even if they had you, Darvish, on this team, I still think we're coming up short. Um, I think although, if they had you Darvish on this team, they'd be in a lot better position. Oh, there's no question. I don't they, think that you can defend for 21. You can't defend the trade. No, no. Listen, it's a trade in, in, that, for three years down the line. Maybe if, if Preciado turns into something or one of these guys, <laughs> but currently you can't defend. It. You're correct. And I love that you were able to name one of their names. Cause I'm, I might as well have said if Kaplan <laughs> Wittenmeyer and, or, uh, Layla Rahimi turns into something because that, 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 that's got potential. Yes. That, you know, nobody knows these names. That doesn't matter, which is why I give, I guess, Jed more credit uh, because he's willing to do a deal like that. All right. That's fine. I'm not getting one top 10 guy. No one's going to like this. It's going to get ripped, but end of the day. See, that's another thing too. We can wrap up with this. And I think we both, have massive respect for Jason Benetti and his talent and how well he does his job. Um, yes. And so uh, he was on uh, the radio with uh, your former Syracuse guy. I believe you know him, Danny Parkins and, and Spiegel. And he made a big, and he, he made his plea like, you know, that we're not traveling TV guys and it's wrong and it's about dough. And I agree with him. Like in theory, they, they absolutely should be there. But the concept that, the standard dude at home was watching the White Sox game. He has no idea if he's there or is not there. Benetti's good at his job. He sounds like he's there. Benetti's really good, but I do think that watching games this year, maybe this is because I do this job. Right. You I would know. I you would you yeah. notice. With everybody. And that's it's but hard. It I think calling baseball not there is hard. I've done a couple games from a studio. It's hard. I think but, that Benetti is exceptional, and that's why he and Steve Stone, who is exceptional, are able to give you a call that sounds like they're there. But I think that there have been many times watching baseball this year where I'm like, there's no way they're at the ballpark. The way that that call was made, there was no way they're at the ballpark. Correct, correct. But I, my, my point in bringing it up is that somewhere in baseball broadcasting discussions, the concept of, hey, some fans are going to notice. It's not going to sound as clear, but we're going to be saving this amount of money. Okay, let's save the money. doesn't matter what, what, what those 
and 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 even the even the broadcasters themselves are going to be pissed but they still don't care because where are they going to go what are you going to do you're going to go you're going to leave the white Sox to go and he could jason benetti would have a, a thousand freaking offers but like the end of the day i think the white Sox though post all-star break are traveling maybe maybe they are uh, but yeah. but my my maybe this is not the best analogy that i'm drawing here but my point is that they're not going to worry about the fans at least jed won't which is good you uh, as as so make the best decision you can um and i just think back to the whole point of this podcast and i think it's been a therapy session for you and for me you need to brace yourself for the end and it not feeling good like it's there are no it's gonna suck it's really gonna suck you're, you're, I mean, you're not gonna be like oh. at the yeah. all-star game in a nationals uniform was that was not great yeah you're, you're not gonna be like oh sweet they got a great deal in in two weeks it oh, ain't no. happening it no, ain't happening. i i i don't even think if they, they're not getting the deal i'm not i'm not even saying like if they got the deal you'd feel good they're they are not getting a good deal it no, ain't this happening. is a slow burn. This is going to be a slow burn. This is this is going to be no one's going to like it at first, and you're going to hope that some of the guys that they get in whatever trades they make turn out to be assets that help them in three years. Right. I, I think that because, I mean, I won't have any real reaction from an emotional standpoint when they trade Kimbrell or Chafin. I mean, Chafin's a fun guy, but he hasn't been here long enough to, I mean, it's, he's, it's funny. It's cute. The mustache and the look, and he's great. I mean, he's been great, but you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of attachment to him. Kimbrell stunk for two years. has had an amazing year this year. Doesn't matter. But Chris Bryant is like the golden boy of the era, which was the greatest in Cubs history. And so right. you, know, you can say Rizzo, but to me, it's, I, I've always thought of it as like uh, not the off the field, but like on the field, Bryant is like the Patrick Kane and Rizzo was like the Jonathan Taves, right? So it was like Rizzo was kind of that face of the team, captain-y sort of player, but Bryant was just the best player and awesome at everything and you just loved him and the, him being traded is going to suck. There is no it, question. It is. And when he comes back to Wrigley, it's going to suck. And when he's when he wins another MVP for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim with Joe Madden or some shit that so whatever oh. the fuck whatever happens, <laughs> it's 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 gonna it's gonna suck. Uh, yeah. And it, and it will be for and I will be sitting here on this podcast or on some sidewalk telling you, what did that guy do that you didn't want to pay him the money? Was it the Rookie of the Year MVP World Series trophy being playing every? damn position on the field and being a a, a, a saint off the field was it yeah. was it was it all of that you assholes i'll be saying that don't i, I but i'm just uh sidewalk show yes i've always wanted to do it it's 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 it's, it's probably my future um <laughs> <laughs> and on that note i know you gotta go uh beto is uh, a great man moving but he, we love you beto we we missed were, you yeah, we missed you you're moving you have no internet um i'll take one shot at him there are these things called starbucks and they have internets and you can carry a computer there and even a yeah, microphone I'm sure, I'm sure that with his two kids and a move and moving trucks that he has time to schlep his computer where, to Starbucks. Where, he's been moving for three weeks. Where's he going, Botswana? <laughs> he could be. <laughs> How long does it take to do a move? 
And doesn't he? I mean, isn't he? Isn't he paying movers? Uh, you know, he's a I, professional guy. He works in. Have a, you not moved in a long time? Moving is the, the nightmare of all nightmares. Yes, yeah, and you've got thirty minutes in the day to do a podcast. Come on, but I'm I'm not here to <laughs> cast aspersions on the Beatle family and his choices no, you, in life. You are. One ball, one strike. Pitch. That ball is driven. Drop the bat and. Premature backdrop. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. Boy, Jock Peterson thought he had it. I mean, he has given him so I mean, look at this reaction. I mean, it's like he doesn't even watch it. Segus <laughs> is gone. We've won the game. I walked it off. I mean, he has dreamt about this moment. The look of shame, oh my gosh. You always want to beat up on the team you come from. (laughs) (laughs) Drop the bat and no, a premature bat drop. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 